From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Our guest today has a movie that contains more laughs than I've had in the last whole year combined. And that movie is Golden Arm. And we are honored to be joined by the film's director, Maureen Barucha. Maureen, thank you so much for joining us today. And congrats on a hilarious, hilarious movie. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you've seen it. <laughs> yes, I've seen it. I loved it. It was just such a blast. I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, as soon as it was over, I was like, uh, where's the sequel? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? They go to Asia or like it, yeah. Russia and they do it abroad. <laughs> Total, oh yeah, Russia would be hilarious. Yeah. So congrats on all the film success so far and just congrats on making it and finishing it because we all know, you know, what a grind that is. But to make such a funny film, I mean, it's wall-to-wall laughs, but it's also incredibly empowering and uplifting. So... I'm really happy for you and the team. It seemed like you guys had a lot of fun making it. It really comes across. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That, I mean, that honestly is like dream. Like when we made it, it's like, you know, while we're making it, it was, I've never laughed so much ever on set anywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, we're just like, I feel like we're capturing magic. And so to hear your experience of it is, it's just really amazing that that's how it's coming across. Tell the audience a little bit about the film. Give them the log line. Well, Golden Arm is basically about two best friends, Melanie and Danny. Danny is an arm wrestler and Melanie is a baker. And Danny enlists Melanie's help to come win a championship arm wrestling match. So it's basically like a road trip about two best friends and a sports comedy. And it's kind of like they meet all these colorful characters along the way. And yeah, it's just kind of about finding yourself and kind of rediscovering friendship and just kind of women kicking butt. Absolutely. As I mentioned, it's a blast. As you mentioned, you guys were laughing so much on set. Many years ago, or like four years ago, I had the pleasure of working with Betsy Sidaro, who plays Danny. I worked with her for one day and I could not do my job because she was making me laugh so hard behind camera. My stomach was hurting. So my first question is, how did you manage to make a full feature film with her because she's almost too funny. <laughs> like everything she does is just too funny. <laughs> Honestly, like it was, I mean, again, like I said, it was like, it's probably the best experience I've ever had directing. Yeah. And with Betsy and Mary together, I mean, they've known each other for a really long time. They've been improvising for 10 years. So they just kind of have this like, you know, they were so comfortable with just being with each other. And yeah, the two of them together, it was just, you can't even imagine how much stuff we had to cut. Like it was right, so right, funny. I mean, right. even stuff where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many scenes in the the big rig. Um, mm-hmm. We basically just, I let them improvise. We shot for a whole day in a big rig stuck together. And I was just like, go at it. And we just had, so we have so much stuff of them just like, playing and having fun and it was really i mean there it was really hard to like not break and to ruin their scenes with me laughing behind the camera yeah i can imagine because <laughs> that was a struggle for me when i worked with her so i can imagine yeah. what it must have been like but what's so great about this movie too is it it's a movie that you've never kind of seen betsy in that role so she really yeah. gets to play the full layers of her character danny and the same with yeah. mary she gets to play something i think that she's never 
you never got to see her play either. So that's what's really exciting about it for me. It was exciting for me too. I watched it with my girlfriend who'd also worked with Betsy and it was great to see her, you know, have layers and have a real character to play with because, you know, everything we see her and she's the funny girl, but it was great to see her, you know, with some depth and she knocked it out of the park that that I wasn't expecting her to, but she just, she did a fantastic job. Oh yeah. I know. I'm so excited for being able to see it. I mean, that's really kind of what I, you know, that's one of my favorite things about directing and in particular Golden Arm is, you know, most of the cast I have, I've worked with them on other things and they kind of, you know, when I ask them to join this crazy circus of Golden Arm, it's such a fun thing to get to, you know, people that you know, Mm-hmm. them and stuff like you know Ron Funches or Eugene Carrero and letting them get to play maybe something that you haven't seen them play before to me that's like one of the most exciting things about making a movie and Absolutely. just having time to sit and like basically discover parts of your character or everybody was like adding stuff to their character and that's what made it more exciting and I think that's why you see kind of it just feels magical on screen because everybody really owned a piece of the movie yeah that's great that's so great Talk to me about your first read of the script, what you thought when you had that first read through, were you immediately hooked? Yeah, well, you know, it's such a fun, this movie has had such a funny journey. I basically came on the writers, Amory Allison and Jenna Millie. They approached me like five years ago and they didn't have a script for me to read then, but they basically were like, we want you to create a sizzle. Uh, And they kind of told me the concept and they're like, it's an arm wrestling movie. And I was like, oh, like, you know how I see the sizzle is let's go shoot something in a garage with like smoke and Betsy was in it. And we just kind of gathered a bunch of women together. And so even before I read the script, I had always had the vision of what I thought it should be in my mind. So we did that. And then a year later, they sent me the script and we actually did a live reading of the script like four years ago. Oh, wow. And then, you know, I went off to direct on Kimmel and Amory and Jenna kind of went to get financing. And three years later, we, we made the movie. So it's been such a a journey with kind of how I first kind of jumped on and then like where it went. And then even with, you know, the script, it's like so fun and like solid. And then bringing all the actors on, we did a lot of improvising and, you know, rewriting and I changed the end. And so, yeah, I feel like everybody just has like their stamp on it. It feels like it's been, I've been a part of it for a long time. (laughs) And what's it feel like to have it finally done? (laughs) Five years is a heck of a journey, which is, I mean, it's not uncommon. You know, the realistic thing that most, you know, the average viewer doesn't know is that that's kind of a normal length of time it takes to really get a movie off the ground from script to finished product. But no, it feels, it feels really amazing. I I mean, we shot it last, I mean, I don't know time now. So I'm like last summer. (laughs) Right. Um, we shot it last summer in Oklahoma and we shot in the middle of the hot, hot summer. So part of that was just, you know, getting through it, but mm-hmm. it was really like, I really felt like we were making magic every day on set. I brought my, my wonderful DP, Christopher Messina and my production designer, Wendy Samuels and, uh, my AD Seth Farley from LA. And we kind of found great crew in Oklahoma I mean, we had incredible hair and makeup and our costumers were amazing, you know, costume designers did such an incredible job. So it really felt like we were a little bit of a traveling circus because we had kind of people from all over coming to Oklahoma. And, you know, this is an indie movie, so it was definitely troubleshooting and finding weird locations. And even the big rig itself, we had to kind of figure out, you know, we didn't have the budget to have like a, a car rig that for that size. Right. So I was like, I just don't want to shoot green screen. I just don't want to shoot green screen. So in the end, we found, we just figured to like strap cameras to a big rig and pull it with another big rig. So we just kind of, 
we did all that we could. And one night we were even stuck in a lightning storm. So we had to shut down. Like there was just so many things. And that's also why I think the movie feels, it just feels alive. You know, it just kind of has like an energy to it because of also how it was made. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the film is when Melanie and Greg are at the park and they're having their, their flirtatious bit up against the fence and they switch places. Yes. Um, was that in the script or was that something that you guys found on set? Because I really, really love yeah. that scene. It, it warmed that my heart. That was a totally improvised scene. So the scene as written was a little different. But what was funny is we were waiting for it to get dark. So we, we kind of had finished what we were doing during the day and we were kind of waiting for it to get dark. And it's like, we can't, we got to use magic hour. We got to like, yeah, you know, figure out something. So it was kind of like, let's see what happens. Let's see what we can get. And Mary had such a, she told me, she's like, oh, you know, that's, I think was one of her real fantasies. She's like, oh, you know, in movies when people, and I was like, let's do this thing. Let's not tell Eugene, you know, and we act, that was scene was totally improvised. And, you know, we, we worked a little bit after the first time we did it, but I just, that is also one of my favorite scenes. And what I also love about it, it's not only funny, but it feels real. And it's also, I think, so, such a modern way about like, they're giving each other permission. Mm-hmm. So in a weird way, it's about consent and like yeah. how, I don't know, it's like it really, it's one of my favorites. And even the way we shot it was just very like, let's just loosey goosey shoot this and see what happens. And we didn't even end up cutting the original scripted scene because that scene was just so strong. Yeah, it was beautiful. As you said, it was funny, but it, it felt real. Like I felt like they were actually falling for each other in that moment. And it worked on so many levels. Like when that scene was over, me and my girlfriend were like, hey, that was a great, great scene. (laughs) Did you attend any actual arm wrestling competitions in preparation for this? Or have you yourself been partaking in any arm wrestling? So Anne-Marie, one of the writers and executive producers, she is actually, the story kind of originated from her real life experience being in these leagues. So what I love is that she kind of brought, you know, that you see that in the script and she brought kind of just that real authentic experience to the writing. And then what's really cool is there are these like arm wrestling leagues all over the country. And we have one here in LA and I had kind of talked to the women in that group and I was really hoping to get to one in LA, but unfortunately just the timing of like when we shot it and yeah. I was like, so I, and then, you know, then after when the movie started, I was like, when we do the LA premiere, you guys got to all come. And obviously now we're all in lockdown, but I haven't actually been to one, but, um, I did a lot of research on videos and watching them online and stuff, but, um, definitely talking to a lot of the actual arm wrestling women. Yeah. I'm motivated to go to one once we're able to again, oh. because <laughs> yeah, the, one LA, the one in LA looks so cool. It's like the lady arm wrestling league. And I think there's ones all, so it's like, you can find one in your town. Like you can just yeah. look it up. They're all over. And it's just really, it's such a cool thing that it's kind of underground. And I think everybody kind of brings their own uniqueness to it. And that's also what drew me to the movie as well. It's just mm-hmm. kind of ragtag, do-it-yourself kind of stuff. It's scenes, you know, I love scenes. Uh, Not like scenes in a movie, but, you know, like the punk scene, the, you know, the Rocky Horror scene. You create that scene so beautifully in the movie. You know, it feels like a family. You know, everybody knows each other's names. You know, they've got this history. There's these rules that everybody abides by. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing that in movies because it makes you feel a part of it. Thank you so much for saying that. And I think that also is like a really big, a big part of it in the movie for it feeling so authentic. I do think is like, you know, obviously the performances, but the costuming, I mean, those scenes, Uh I basically created a lookbook and kind of gave it to the costume designers, Geneva and Jack, and they both just killed those costumes. Like, I think 
it just added a layer to the movie that I was even surprised, you know, it's just, it turned out so great. And it, it really makes that scene look like a real scene. Like you said. Yeah. The arm wrestling scenes themselves are so beautifully directed, you know, from the beginning of the film to the end, they're all exciting and tense. They look great. They never feel redundant, which I found very, very impressive. So talk to us if you can about crafting those scenes, working with your DP and your production designer to just make each arm wrestling scene feel unique and hold its own weight because each one really does. You guys pull that off very well. Oh, thank you so much. That's thank you so much. That means that means a lot to me because, you know, it was a challenge it, when you do have something that does seem so repetitive and there is only a particular way to shoot things it ends up being the same shot if you like have the elbow and the hand and sometimes right. you need that, you know, you know, first it started off by taking, you know, working with Again, my, my DP, Christopher Messina, and my production designer, Wendy Samuels, are, they're amazing. And I've worked with them on many projects. So just having that shorthand first was like vital, just mm-hmm. to kind of the way we had to move and just speaking the same language. And with, you know, first it starts off with production design and deciding like, you know, we have the big sexy scenes and her bar is going to look different. So we definitely had a look of the way that bar, that you know strip joint looked with the tables looking different, you know, wanting to make sure that each table, each arm wrestling table in each location had different textures and different vibes. Because I think that's just the first thing, right? So you're like, we want them yeah. to have a look, you know, whether they're going to Randy's bar and it's just a random tabletop. And then a big sexy, she has her old wooden arm wrestling table. And then the, you know, the ones at the strip joint that are purple, that have purple kind of plush on them and they have sparkly handles <laughs> right. and get to the tournament. It's more standard black and Brown kind of like clean look. Mm-hmm. So that was one, I think just making sure that each table in each location looked different. And then with Chris, it, you know, again, Chris is, I really do think he is a genius. He has such an eye and I've worked with him for a long time. We went to graduate school together at Boston university so just approaching each scene with kind of what feel did we want to get from it and coming up with just making sure that we didn't bust, if we had a specialty shot for you not giving anything away, spoiler alert, when she wins, we had a special shot that we used just for that scene and making sure that we didn't use that shot in any other scenes. Right. So kind of just taking each one and giving it its own, like, okay, in this one, we're going to do this special shot. So that was kind of another approach. Again, using Steadicam, we're only used Steadicam during the tournaments. So that tournament vibe had a different feel. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how we approached, especially making things not seem redundant. Yeah. Well, you guys knocked it out of the park. It works so well. The movie works so well. I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> you guys- I mean, and that's like, that is like the biggest compliment because I really do think like my hope and dream is that it, it's like a cult classic because I <laughs> do think that Mary and Betsy in particular, you know, are such a great comedy duo that they just feel like in that kind of lexicon of great comedy duos, like Fade and Sparley, Lucy and Ethel, like Wayne and Garth, they just feel like they fit right into that, to that history. So and those I are all movies that I like to watch over and over again too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for the world to see this movie. Maureen, you guys, the whole team just knocked it out of the park and they could start seeing it this Friday, April 30th. Golden Arm will be available to see in select theaters. And I implore you all, if you're able to, and if you feel safe, please go see this movie on the big screen. The film is more than worthy of a theater experience. Not only will you have a great time at the theater, but the theaters need our love and support right now. So if you can, go see it there. If you can't, the film will also be available on demand. 
So you can watch it from home as well. Whatever you do, just see it because it is awesome. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. When we come back, Maureen is going to help us out with our favorite segment, Gimme Three. We'd like to take a minute and give a very special thanks to our new sponsor, E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a company of entertainment lawyers who are dedicated to giving a platform to underrepresented voices by helping filmmakers form companies and other necessary legal entities. They're sponsoring a new award with LADFF called the Emerging Filmmaker Award and giving their services for free to the lucky winners. You can find out more about them by going to LADFF.com and clicking on the E-Minutes link. I'm Sonia, and this is my Movie Minute. Today, I want to recommend two recent films that deal with the topic of torture at the hand of the U.S. government, The Mauritanian and The Report. The Report came out in 2019, starring Adam Driver as an investigator who's trying to uncover the scope of the U.S.'s torture tactics in Iraq post-9-11. The Mauritanian, released in 2020, deals with the same time period and general topic, but this time from the point of view of an innocent Muslim man detained in Guantanamo Bay. He was tortured for years, but never even charged with a crime. These are both true stories. Both of these movies are extremely well-made and truly entertaining, while also heartbreaking, infuriating, and sickening. Reading about the torture and seeing the unbelievable photos that leaked from Abu Ghraib are horrific enough for any sensible person to know that the acts committed upon the prisoners were unjustified, cruel, and sadistic, not to mention completely pointless in terms of getting useful information to help keep Americans safe. However, I think it's important to also see these films because they show scenes of torture that put you squarely in the shoes of the prisoners and help you understand what it was like for these men and understand the lifelong anger and trauma that they carry. It also shows the many ways in which the U.S. government and its bureaucracy make it impossible for people to step in and intervene, even though they're aware of what's happening. I don't know what the next steps are to help get prisoners out of Guantanamo Bay and to end abduction and torture, But these films inspired me to start asking those questions. Check out The Report and The Mauritanian. Both are available on Amazon. That was my movie minute. Thanks for listening. People have called you a terrorist lawyer. How do you respond to that? Well, when I defended someone charged with rape, nobody called me a rapist. When I defended someone charged with murder, nobody dug around my backyard. But when someone's accused of terrorism, people like you seem to think that's different. You want to represent the head recruiter for 9-11. Constitution doesn't have an asterisk at the end that says terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We are chatting with Maureen Barucha. She's the director of the new film, Golden Arm. Right now, Maureen is going to give us three film recommendations, movies that have inspired her, inspired her work. Maureen, let's get your first one. I'm going to go with Wayne's World. Nice. Which would make a perfect double bill with Golden Arm, I think. We were I think talking about. I picked ones that were like inspi- that inspired me on Golden Arm. So, yeah, definitely Wayne's World. Yeah. What do you love so much about this film? Because I just rewatched it for the first time in a long time this past week, and it reminded me just how freaking great it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those movies. I think I saw it in junior high, I think seventh grade when it came, right when it came out. And, it's just something that like, to me is like the most quotable movie 
mm-hmm. you know, and no matter how many times I watch it, it makes me laugh. Like there are just scenes where I've seen it a million times and every time I laugh. Yeah. And it really is that just like the two of them together. I just want to see them forever together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Penelope Spheris, you know, she did those decline of Western civilization movies before that. And you could tell, you know, she has such a finger on the pulse of the rock world and the shows and all that kind of stuff, the way that she, you know, it's really funny, but it's also really well crafted. Like all the rock concert scenes are just, man, this looks great. Like it's feels big, feels like a big time movie, you know? Yeah. It's just fun. It's just, it's fun. It's funny. It's fun. And it has heart. And again, in seventh grade, it was so funny. We used to, I guess I didn't know what schwing meant. So (laughs) I I went to a Catholic school and I remember me and my girlfriends would, we thought it just meant you did a good job. So when we in class, if we like got an order, we something we tend to swing. And so I think about it now and I'm like, why did nobody tell us that it was that's so weird for like girls just to be like swing, swing? <laughs> Not knowing what that was then. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I will always remember it for that as well. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Wayne's world brought swing into the into the mainstream. <laughs> All right, your second film. I'm going to say Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Heck yeah. It's just one of my, I mean, I was obsessed with Pee-wee as a kid and watched the cartoon, like watched his show every morning. And that movie is just, it's so great. And again, while we were shooting Golden Arms, so many moments were like, the scene in Randy's bar, we're like, this is like the large Marge scene, you know, just (laughs) just being like pulling from kind of moments of like my favorite scenes in movies. And that movie in particular has so many great different locations and weird things but it's so funny and so funny like just so many of the like minutia choices of like peewee's performance like little tiny things that are like get the biggest laughs because they're so small but so just bizarre that he's like <laughs> what is what is he doing it's hilarious yeah it's another one that like i've seen it a million times and it's so quotable and it makes me laugh even though i've seen it a million times i laugh like, over and over again at the same scenes <laughs> Yeah. And I think like after I went to film school in college, I like realized I was like, oh, this is like Bicycle Thief. I just like that it's a reference to like, yeah, you know, after it's like you just keep learning more about it as you get older. <laughs> I didn't know, like, I guess Phil Hartman wrote the script in his first draft. He like he'd never written a screenplay before. So he bought the Sid Field screenwriting book and just copied it note for note. So it's a it's a script that's kind of like and a oh, film wow. that's rewatched in a lot of film schools because it is like, it's exactly 90 minutes long. That first act ends at 30 minutes. The second act ends at 60 minutes. It's like a blueprint of a perfect screenplay because he just like took it straight from the Sid Field screenwriting book. Oh, wow. That makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it, it moves really like a freight train. That hits all of the great, all the moments that you want. Yeah. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It never gets old. It really never gets old. <laughs> All right, your third and final. Again, I think like just in one of the movies that I really love, it's like maybe a weird one, but Fight Club. I'm going to say Fight Club. <laughs> also hilarious. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, again, I feel like it's like movies came out at different points in my life. And this movie came out when I just graduated high school and was going into college, going into film school. So I feel like I saw it right when I was like a film studies student. And it yeah. was like, you know, you'd never seen anything like it. And Again, I think because of Golden Arm, there were lots of scenes where I wanted to look more like Fight Club. Mm-hmm. I've always been drawn to movies that is about people that feel like dissatisfied with society. Yeah. So, you know, I always wanted to write a paper on Fight Club and pump up the volume being like the same set of 
men, just at different periods of their life. Totally. I could totally see that. Yeah. So I, I really love, obviously, like people love that movie, but I love it for maybe different reasons. But I think it's such a great, fun movie that hit me at a time when I was like getting into movies. It stands the test of time. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent three choices. I noticed in your email, you had one bonus one that I'm going to allow us to talk about because I love it so much also. My bonus one, of course, is I Love Lucy. I've literally seen every single episode multiple, multiple times in my life. And I have owned all the DVDs. And it's like the, the thing that I watched as a kid with like my family. And there's such, I mean, you rewatch them now and you just see how smart the show is. Like mm-hmm. it totally stands the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. Lucille Ball is just, a, she's incredible. She's a legend. Yeah. And I mean, again, especially like with not having many, you know, through the history of time, uh, you know, a lot of my references are always like comedy duos that are men. Yeah. I think it is so important that, you know, one of the foundations that I look back on, it's like, I love Lucy. It's like two women scheming and ha- like being hilarious and great mm-hmm. timing. And it's just the foundation to me of like so much comedy, which is so great. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the show. I also grew up watching it. Like my mom loved that show. So like we would just watch it on syndication all the time. And I reference it now all the time. And like so many of my friends or like my girlfriend, they won't get the reference. So (laughs) I'm like, they're like, I don't get that. I'm like, well, you're going to watch it right now because I'm going to show you that episode right now. Sit down. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm trying to introduce more people to uh, the magic that is Lucy. It's also what's really great too about it is like when I feel like I had a weird knowledge of like old Hollywood from that show. It's like, yeah, who knows who William Holden is? But I know <laughs> it's because of like the orange episode. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. you just knew all of those weird old, old Hollywood people because of that show. Totally. I love Lucy. It's on Hulu now, my friends. So if you want to revisit it, it's available there. Most of the episodes are there, not all of them. And if you have never seen it, for the love of God, go check it out and enjoy it. <laughs> what uh, are you doing? What are you doing? And for the love of God, check out Golden Arm. It comes out this Friday, April 30th. Check your local listings. See if it's playing in a theater near you. And if it is, go see it. It will also be available on demand. So watch it any which way you can. You will not be disappointed. It is hilarious. It is great. And we are so happy to chat with you, Maureen. Thank you so much for doing this. Can I give one more shout out just to my amazing cast? Oh, please. We have such a great cast and I always... Want to make sure that I include everybody because we have Absolutely. such a big cast. So I just want to say, yeah, go see Golden Arm and you will see the incredible, incredible comedy stylings of Mary Holland, Betsy Sidaro, Olivia Stambolia, Dot Jones, Eugene Cordero, Ron Funches, Kate Flannery, Ahmed Barucha, Don Luby, and Aparna Nanchurla. I just, I always forget to mention everybody. Thank you so much. No, they're all brilliant. You're brilliant. I can't wait to see what you have next, Maureen, and maybe when all of this, uh, pandemic craziness is over we can meet in person i would love that thank you so much for watching the movie and giving the love absolutely thank you all for listening to film forward we'll catch you next time our recording engineer and mixer is anselm kennedy the podcast is produced by anselm sonia maru and yours truly thanks for joining us on film forward and you'll hear us next time